When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash StarTalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash StarTalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, an astrophysicist with the American Museum of Natural History, right here in New York City, where we record the show. Live in studio with me is the one, the only, Eugene Merman. Hello. Eugene. Funny guy, Eugene Merman. Very great to be back. Thanks for joining us on the Cosmic Queries portion of Star Talk. And uh, today's topic is Eugene. UFOs. UFOs. It's ultra it's, funny objects. Right? Yes, flying unidentified <laughs> flying O's. And so uh, let's get straight in. You've got questions called yeah. from the internet, from all of our social media presence. Yes, uh, I haven't. I haven't called s- from your social media presence. <laughs> uh, so uh, Facebook and and Twitter, Twitter and all MySpace. That. Yeah, Bebo. MySpace. I don't think we have a MySpace presence. No, I hope you don't. So just ask. I have not seen the questions before. And no. so just, but they were solicited and people participate and it's great uh, service to the fan base of the show. So bring it on. Okay. On Facebook, Steve Butler asks. Uh, do you know where, did he say where he's from? I love knowing where they're from. He didn't say where he's from, right. but I'm going to guess Detroit. I mean, Steve <laughs> Butler sounds Detroit. <laughs> Are there any reasons why a spacecraft would or could be shaped like a classic flying saucer in terms of physics or engineering? I, you know, who's to tell how good aliens are at designing their hardware? But I can tell you, anytime I saw flying saucers in movies start Mm -hmm. spinning, yet the people in the flying saucer just look out of a window that has a constant 
facing direction. Yeah. I couldn't reconcile the two. Do you think they were in a gyroscope, but the inside was still? Yeah, but the, everything looked like it was just trying to help rotating. Yeah. You know, plus there's some fundamental problems with a, an entire rotating ship. If you set it into rotation, something else has to be set rotating the opposite direction. It's a oh. little thing. You learn it in the second week of physics. Even if it was made on Kepler-22b? <laughs> Even, because these are laws that apply to the entire universe. And it's you learned it in second second week of Physics 101, and it's the conservation of angular momentum. So mm-hmm. you, if you set something rotating one way, something else has to be rotating the other way in order to counteract that fact. So if, for example, if you send a spaceship if you go into space and you have one of these space station rotating wheels where you simulate mm-hmm. gravity, if you got something rotating one way, something else has to be rotating, rotating the other way. The other way to balance it. You start out with nothing rotating, two things rotating in opposite direction mathematically equals zero rotation again. So you can you have to always sustain that fact. Mm-hmm. So for saucer to just spin up and start, I I don't see the point. It's the fact that the whole thing is spinning. That's what you're bummed As with. Because a propeller on an airplane, you're fine that that's just one part of it is spinning. But your problem is the whole saucer spins, and that's what a fool would build. <laughs> exactly. Those would be stupid aliens. aliens. And, and But if they managed to do that somehow, it would be violating very well-tested laws of physics. But, but you know... Also, in their defense, you've built very few spaceships. That's true, and clearly they have. So, no, the it's way the to the one s- flaw other than it probably wouldn't. The work. way to say this is the laws of physics are quite commanding, or rather, quite descriptive of how because mm-hmm. the universe doesn't obey our laws. The laws describe what we see, right. and one of the deepest laws of physics we know is the conservation of angular momentum. Right. It, once a system has a certain amount of momentum, it never changes within itself, right. unless something from outside of it touches it. So I, I, I don't buy it. Why spin it all? I think it's because wh- when did the Frisbee come out? <laughs> just it's probably that. around the same time. You're right. Probably people were like, that must be how it would work. It would be great if you always cut inside the spaceship and it was just aliens up against the wall throwing up. Yeah, like that. What's that a ride? In Turkish the, twist. In the, in, the, in the amusement park. Yeah, yeah, where the floor falls out fl- underneath. And, and, and I wrote about that in one of my books, I think, in Death by Black Hole. Mm-hmm. If you're spun fast enough and you – so the, this centrifugal force is pushing you against yeah. the, the back walls. If you got sick and had to throw up, the throw up would not leave your mouth. Would you die or would you... No, what you do is turn your head sideways. And, and throw then up it on the person <laughs> next to you. It can fly out to the side. It's why I only did that ride once as a kid and never again. <laughs> All right, well, what else you got? Next question from uh, Benjamin J. Rivera. Mm-hmm. Under current technology, could we develop a round disc-like flying object with the ability to hover and change direction like many UFOs have appeared to do? It's called a helicopter. Next question. (laughs) Oh, my God. He is going to be so psyched when he hears about helicopters. Um, Now, by the way, uh, Leonardo da Vinci, uh, in his notebooks, drew an object that had a sort of a spiral rotating – it wasn't quite a propeller, more like a – one of those – what do you call those lamp – looking things that spin Chandelier? in Asia. No, no. In Asia, <laughs> in Asia they have these sort of spinning uh, helical... Heli- heliotrope? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> so he had one of these sort of spinning things. He did not know about the conservation of angular momentum. He just guessed it. It's why helicopters have that tail propeller. Oh, right. It, it turns out the forces of that counteract the tendency of the helicopter to want to spin in the opposite direction. So if you shoot out the tail the yeah. tail propeller, you ever see in, in the yeah, movies, yeah. They, they start... They fall they, down. 
down. They, and they would in real life. They, they not only fall, but they spiral their way yeah. down. All of a sudden, the body of the helicopter starts spinning the opposite direction yeah. of the propeller itself. That's all real. Oh. Even though it's a movie. Yeah. So actually, the answer to his question is sort of no. Like a <laughs> like a spinning disc won't randomly change direction, but a helicopter is, is <laughs> no, great. Yeah, sure. You can, in principle, do it, but you, the the act of the disc spinning Isn't is not reason. what you would draw upon to change directions. Oh, you That's, know what? Did he even say spinning? I think a disc-like flying object. So what he could, it could be a disc with jet engines on every ex- direction. Exactly. A and superconductor. The good thing about it, a circle is that you can, it doesn't have a preferred direction when moving through an atmosphere. So you can move in any direction if you were ha- if you had that shape. An airplane cannot just up and go sideways. Right, right. Right. Unless you punch it. <laughs> <laughs> but here's a question about that. What if you is it possible to have a flying disc that somehow wor- works with the Earth's magnetic field that that some like uh, like a superconductor that would be able to do that? Earth's magnetic field is lame. First of all, so you'd but have second. so it'd be impossible. That's what no. the question is. Could you tap into this very sad lame field <laughs> that just makes compasses? We actually point? tried that in space. You mm-hmm. can, you, there was a there was a tether that a lo- very long wire or conducting uh-huh. material, and in space where you're moving very fast in orbit around Earth, you're moving. 17,000 miles an hour. You drag this wire through the magnetic field, and we've known since the middle 1800s, Michael Faraday did this and demonstrated that you can induce a current. Mm -hmm. You can make electricity just by moving a wire through a current. And if you're moving anyway, you might as well drag something behind you that'll then produce the electricity you might need. So sure, the problem is, yeah, it's good for like moving around Earth, but once you go farther into space, you're not near Earth's magnetic field anymore. Wait, are you saying that the problem with my plan to create a disk that can travel around the magnetic field is that it can't leave Earth? Yes. <laughs> is that is that what's disappointing you? I yeah, get, I, you can have a flying maglev train, but you can't go into space, so it's not worth trying? When we come back, more cosmic queries from space. Star Talk. This is Neil deGrasse Tyson with Eugene Merman. We'll see you in a moment. Star Talk Radio. We're back. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson with the one and only Eugene Merman. Eugene. I follow you on Twitter, you know. I follow you on Twitter. Oh, that's... Uh, <laughs> and you are Eugene Merman on Twitter. I am, yes. at Eugene Merman. Yes, you keep me laughing there. That's good. And all hours of the night, too. I yes. Mean, you must not go to sleep, I, I'm guessing. <laughs> I and, rest in the afternoon. And you're still a voice on Bob's Big Boy. Bob's Burgers. Bob, yeah, Bob's, sorry. Bob's Big Boy. I, yeah. I'm it's mixing. What am I mixing about, here? Uh, I don't know. I yeah. think it's that like a... Bob's yes, Burgers. Yeah, yeah, thank you. You might not be mixing up that much. <laughs> So good to hear you're you're out there, and we can share with you. Uh, yes. share you with your fans can share you with us. We're, this is the Cosmic Queries edition of Star Talk, and the topic Eugene UFOs. UFOs. We Questions are talking about cult, so- cult from our, our Facebook page, which mm-hmm. is Star Talk Radio, and and online StarTalkRadio.net, and our mm-hmm. Twitter stream Star Talk Radio. So so give them to me. Yeah. What well, we were talking about. I just wanted to finish. So could you theoretically have some sort of flying disc that worked on, say, potentially the Earth's magnetic field, okay. even though it's a weak, so sad field. So picking up the question we left off yeah, yeah. on, yeah. So uh, just to back up on that, if you dragged a wire through a magnetic field, you'd get a, a current, mm-hmm. and, and then it's power. I do it have. all the time. Here's the problem. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Ah. So whatever fuel you're using to move your spaceship 
through the magnetic field, mm-hmm. whatever energy that is, that energy, some of that energy is going to go into mm-hmm. the the um, making food on the, the ship. The, the magnetic field on the wire will create a drag on the ship, and that drag is what produces the electricity. So you don't get a free lunch out of this. But this is if you have a wire. What if you had just had a floaty thing with uh, power inside it, nuclear, a nuclear-powered floaty magnet? Then you're not using Earth's magnetic field. <laughs> okay. Maybe I just meant to. Oh, I see. I meant to stay af- uh, aloft. Oh no, no. You just. Oh, sorry. So you just need other. You bring your fuel. Sure, you can stay aloft. I and mean, that's what, like I said, that's what helicopters. Do. Oh, but but uh, right. And remember the jetpacks that doesn't yeah, use yeah. rotating blades. That's just a thrust yeah. coming down that lifts you up and makes you weigh nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That I like. Let me. And I uh, missed that. We should have had that by now. Shouldn't we have? We do have that. I just don't think it's a good idea for <laughs> you and I to try it. I've seen it on TV and it seems dangerous. Yes, it's dangerous. But here's right. another question. This one's from Thomas Frauenfelker. I could have skipped the question because his last name was hard to read, but I didn't because I'm brave. All right. Um, do UFOs spin in order to create gravity? And if so, how fast would it have would it have to go to create it? So the answer is no. Well, what's interesting is UFOs that are also not identified. So there's something really funny about being like this thing that we don't know what it is. Well, what they're what these these questions are great because they're trying to bring some understanding of physics to the UFOs that we show in the movies, right? right? right. Or the ones claimed to be and, flying and the over ones places. really we're talking about from the fifties. Yeah, thank you. They're not it's, they're it's not 19. just trying to define UFOs specifically the ones from like forty nine <laughs> to sixty one. Exactly. Yeah, the ones from the B movie era where yeah. now in in what's the Spielberg one? Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. The mothership wasn't rotating. No, that just... they were like, oh, this doesn't have to rotate. <laughs> right around like the '60s, right around the Beatles and Rolling Stones, somebody was like, "There's no reason for these to be rotating." No that isn't... reason. And There's in fact reason not to show it do that. And not only that, uh, in the first segment, you commented that if you rotate, you're wondering if you peeked in there whether all the Martians or the yeah. aliens were pinned into the so- the edge of the, the the rotating circle. You don't have to rotate all that fast to create uh, the, to simulate one G gravity. The speed of rotation of nearly all flying saucers portrayed that I've mm-hmm. seen, you can do the math and it's vastly greater than 1g of gravity. It's totally unnecessary. And, and, and what are you doing? I mean, why? Maybe they're from Jupiter, so they're very strong, even though really what, two and a half times as strong as a regular person? <laughs> they're from Krypton. <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah, so perhaps they need a really high gravity, but it's just, uh, I think it just looked cool when yeah, you had yeah. spinning lights, and I think it was a visual effect I'm that they were trying to capture. I'm glad that now there's more accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> the today's science fiction is like that's real, that's likely. Okay, this one is uh, from Robert Spe- <laughs> Special. Uh, in your opinion, how come we don't know anyone with na- last names as complicated as the names you of people have who write? Clearly, a lot of uh, like this is there's a lot of people writing from like Norway, and they're just like <laughs> I am wondering how okay. spaceships. Uh, in your opinion, why is there the common thread of flying saucer style UFOs? How come that image is the stereotype that has endured? Yeah, I don't have a good answer for that. But as we said earlier in the fr- in, in the first segment, a flying saucer can move in any direction uh, that is a if you want yeah. to say it mathematically accurately, a circularly symmetric object mm-hmm. does not have a preferred direction of motion within a medium such as an atmosphere, whereas planes do. Right. So if a flying saucer would go up, down, left, right, sideways. Basically, so it's the, it's an idea of creating the, something that's the most versatile. Versatile if you're going forward and back or left and right. Exactly. Yeah. If you're going sort of longitudinally. In, in fact, it's almost more realistic to have a giant floating sphere than a spinning disc. Uh Yes, because then you can go in any direction. That's yeah. the ultimate, because that's symmetric in every direction you would move. It's it's less spheres. It turns out are not 
aerodynamically sound, it turns out. As air goes around the sphere, mm-hmm. it, it becomes turbulent around back. And that turbulence creates a partial vacuum that puts a drag on the sphere. So this is why in, uh, by the way. So by- should ships really be a rhombus? What's the ideal shape, <laughs> would you say, for they sh- a flying they should be multi-directional? Like t- the cross sections of modern wings or wings ever from the since the beginning are, are teardropped. But, but, uh, but, and that could go in any direction. That's the one catch that I'm saying. Uh, no. So th- something with no obvious front. Uh, or, or no ob- obvious any direction at all. Yeah, you uh, can't. You can't. You should have a direction, you're saying. Yeah. Like even in Star Trek, in all the star-based movies. It's, it's more efficient to figure out a way to turn your ship around and then go in that direction than then to try to make it go in every direction. Plus, most of your journey is through empty space. I hope aliens come here just so you can criticize their ship one day <laughs> and go, like, you know, honestly, uh, you've made this all wrong. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're the ones who got here. Right? Exactly. And they'll be like, well, you still have a point. <laughs> no, so, so the point is, through space, it doesn't matter your shape. Right. In fact, when we launch spaceships to space probes to the planet. Mm-hmm. If you look at the ship on the launch pad, there's this, what we call the fairing. You get to the top of the ship and it's a little more bulbous at mm-hmm. the top. Inside that bulbous nose cone, if you call it that, is the... Do people call it the nose no, cone? It's, it's the fairing. It's called. Oh, okay. Inside the fairing is the... F- typically folded up rover or, mm-hmm. or or mirror or whatever it is that you're launching. The instant this puppy gets high enough... In our atmosphere, so that atmospheric drag drops to near zero, they drop the fairing. And then? And then you you have less weight. And now the engines are still pumping, mm-hmm. and now the same force of, in, of on your engine is pushing less weight. Yeah. Why bring the aerodynamic casing when there's no air? Oh. Okay? So I that's why you saying. drop those off. You get yeah. rid of it, and then you let it fall on Australia or whoever. And we launch... Uh, east and so when it, do we let them f- it drops in it drops in the Atlantic Ocean oh Aquaman the, will be furious uh, the Atlantic it's, Ocean is the big toilet NASA's NASA's toilet is that where there's a float, floating like plastic cloud of NASA waste no it's more in fact it's worse in in the Pacific Ocean because most of the things NASA launches did make it to orbit mm-hmm. but when you deorbit something we drop it in the Pacific yeah yeah and so the Pacific <laughs> on, is actually on, the, on Japan actually no, actually the great toilet bowl in the world is the Pacific Ocean oh now, it's like almost a third of the total uh, uh, circumference. Waste. No, no, it's total longitude of Earth is Pacific Ocean. Oh, really? So that's why you don't have to be accurate when you drop satellites out of the sky. Ah. You, just, you can hit. How often it's do they not hit hard land? To, hardly ever, unless they come down without you wanting it to. And nowadays right. we can tomahawk them out and blow them up. Oh, and then yeah. they burn up rather than come down in one piece. Right, right. We can shoot them down. We can shoot them down. China right. showed We're us. in the future. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, here's another question. Uh-huh. Uh, Ricardo Cruz asks, many UFOs have been reported as balls of light. Do you think that interplanetary alien spaceships could be built not from matter but from energy in order to reach the speed of light? Yeah. If you're a ball of light that means you can see it at a distance and that's wasting energy (laughs) i mean think about it you have an energy budget to move through space yeah and i can see you aglow yeah why are you beaming lights at me why not use that energy and drive the spacecraft so so it's not realistic to me if the aliens are budget conscious <laughs> maybe that's the we'll say they're not budget conscious <laughs> what would be well what's the reason for is it i think there's two questions one is is it possible and then the other is why why are these aliens so wasteful don't they want to save their planet yeah so here's the thing you might ask could you take matter turn it into energy move the energy at the speed of light yeah. and then convert it back into matter again yeah yeah i that, mean i can that that <laughs> 
that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, the problem is the moment you get converted into energy, mm-hmm. sort of the memory of who and what you are is lost. So you don't believe in a transporter. <laughs> or you believe that when someone is remade, they're just a pile of whatever ingredients they were? Yeah, your ingredients are, you know, they have to be assembled in the way that be, that was you. Yeah, yeah. All right, and by the way... That's why they always are so nervous and they're moving those things up and down to really get it right. I think it's harder than any of us imagine because you're... I imagine it to be pretty hard. <laughs> I think that's I think not a fair assessment. It's even harder because twins are fundamentally identical. Yeah. Yet the twins are nonetheless themselves. Right. They are not the same consciousness. Right, right. Right, so... They have different memories. Yeah. But it would be fun to make one twin disappear and then the other appear to... I don't know. We'll work on it. When we come back, more of Cosmic Queries. Star Talk. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx ground is faster to more locations than UPS ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Hey, remember when we did that show about the science of the golf swing? Well, let's take that to the next level. And that's because PXG has developed the Black Ops driver so golfers don't have to sacrifice distance for forgiveness. And the science proves it. PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Ops drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. Now that's ridiculously high. The higher the MOI, the more forgiving the club will play. So you don't have to square the ball perfectly for it to go straight and get distance. Add PXG's new advanced material face technology 
and you get incredible ball speed that pushes the distance to the absolute limits. More forgiveness, more distance, no sacrifices. PXG Black Ops Driver. Hit your tee shot straighter and farther. The proof is in the science. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment. Go to pxg.com slash startalk and use code startalk at checkout. That's pxg.com slash startalk. Use code startalk for free shipping on all equipment. pxg.com slash startalk, code startalk. We're back. Star Talk, the Cosmoquarius edition. Eugene Merman with me in studio. Eugene, always good to have you on the show. Great to be We're here. We're talking about UFOs. And, yes. And we ended up, you 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 didn't like my answer. No, what, no, I, what, I didn't mind. Well, uh, well, because your answer was you wouldn't travel, a ball of light wouldn't travel because that's a waste of energy. And why would they do that? Because these aliens have a budget. And I'm like, wait, wait, but there's two different things. Is it possible? <laughs> I think I well, said it a little you? better than that. But all right. Well, you okay. are scientists, so you're more eloquent with those words. But I'm great at summarizing. So right. tell me. All right. So you can imagine in principle mm -hmm. taking matter because presumably an alien would be made of matter and yeah. converting it into energy yeah. which then will allow you to propel that energy at the speed of light because light only exists at the speed of light right then you get to your destination you recollect that energy and somehow yeah. reconstruct that from which it came and the Energy has forgotten what made it. That's my point. Right. All right. So if you convert protons, electrons, and neutrons into energy, you can re unconvert that energy into a different combination yeah. of these things if you have enough of it. You would leave like as a some sort of a spaceship shaped like a shoe and then when you redid it it would appear just like an avocado and you'd be like this is not what I came in. I'm Those are exactly the two examples I was thinking of. A shoe figured, and an avocado. But you could see how you'd be very mad if you started as a shoe and you ended up an avocado. It would be interesting to if there was some kind of blueprint that it carried with it. Yeah. And you say assemble this energy in this way. Like mankind. But if you could do that Yes. Then you wouldn't have to beam the energy. Well, you here's could just the beam other... the blueprint, and then you have an energy reactor, and yes. then take that energy and reconstruct the person. That's how I plan to clone myself. And if that's the case, then you didn't have to convert the person to energy to begin with. No, just make a blueprint. You just make, you just send the blueprint and so, copy the person. So here's the then the last question: If a ship, so, wait, wait, so that was the problem with twins. Yeah. Twins are copies of one another, but they don't have the same thoughts. So so if I make a copy of you, mm -hmm. is it? still you or do I have to reprogram your brain to become you and then you have multiple you's and then do you have a common consciousness or do you just at that point split from yourself uh -huh. and become a completely different person different life experiences different memories different lovers all of the above that's yeah lots of different lovers yeah okay <laughs> um wait so if you were a thing of pure energy you wouldn't necessarily be light you might just be pure energy so there's uh, no reason to go as far as light when you could just be a ship made of pure energy no there's energy that doesn't have any speed at all like right. like chemical Energy. A chemical potential energy. There's oh. no speed in that. Right, right. So you want to be light, a beam of light. So yeah, that you can that'd be the best way to travel. There's something called kinetic energy that an yeah. object has, that a physical object when has. When you kick it. But that, but that energy is not itself going at the speed of light. It's attached right. to the object. Yeah, okay. okay, well, that's the next question. Next question. Evan Wilcom. 
I two don't know M's where at these the people end. come from. And, I, I do, and it's all Norway. All right. <laughs> and Detroit. Those are the two. <laughs> uh, supposing life, sorry, supposing life developed on a planet lacking heavy metals but rich in organic compounds, do you think it's possible for a UFO to be constructed from organic matter material rather than machinery or metal, a biological spacefaring object, BSFO? This sounds like a new ver- a variant on the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah, this is someone not- <laughs> who loves like uh, uh, ju- like youth justice or whatever that show is, and young justice. Uh, on the Flintstones, they had a modern culture, but it had no metal because it yeah. was still it was a modern Stone Age family, and they had yeah. solutions for everything. Stone right? wheels, yeah, stone wheels, stone and, coffee and maker, yeah, everything. Could you have a biological spaceship? <sighs> I don't see why not. Here's a problem. A spaceship has to be pretty hardy, particularly when entering atmos- the, earth, uh, yeah. the atmosphere of where you're going. To if- send whale song to the earth, <laughs> to the oceans. <laughs> if you... <laughs> I saw that movie. Yes. If you Me too. If if you're going to use an atmosphere to slow down for example, which is very efficient. Mm-hmm. If, otherwise you can use your fuel, but then you just use fuel that you could have used to get to the next planet. Yeah. Then your material has to resist very high temperatures. Organic molecules are not resistant to high energy baths. The right. kind of high energy that physical metals are resistant. You would have to fly in an already cooked steak, is what you're saying. Uh, no, because an already heavily cooked steak is carbon, right? Carbon. Right. We're carbon-based life, so is a cow, and so, <laughs> and so you are very literal. Right, and, you're like, don't fly in a cow; it's foolish. And what color is carbon when it's not a diamond? It's uh, black. Black. And so when you cook food too long, yeah. all the bonds that are connecting to carbon break. Right. And you're left with something that is the color of. The ash? Yeah, it's black. It's black. just black. Yeah. When you, that's what it means to burn something. You've yeah, broken yeah. the bonds. So organic materials just are not... So you'd have to have an organic material that we don't really know about that might be as hard as diamond or something. Yes, but you don't need organics. You can uh, Stone is pretty hard, right? But that would burn up too, right? No, no. Oh, so you could fly around in a stone ship? Uh, I mean, you can come up with other materials that are not metals that right. could still serve your needs. On a planet that has no metals. On a planet that has no metals, right? Right. Is and that... by the way, the moon is an object that has very few metals. Uh, but the, enough to build a spaceship. The, the latest model for how the moon was formed was that there was a side swipe of a Mars-sized object in the very early solar system when it was dangerous to hang out mm-hmm. because things were still forming and accreting material. And so here's this object, side swipes the Earth. Mm-hmm. And if you side swipe us, we already dumped our iron into our core. That's right. where most of the iron in the Earth is. It's heavier than everything else. Yeah. And so, so if most of the iron is there- Do you think it, there are dinosaurs there? <laughs> it's hollow. Yeah. And so, so once you sideswipe the Earth, you're making another body out there mm-hmm. out of stuff that's already pre-filtered to not have metal. So the moon is an interesting kind oh. of place. Such so, as so that. the moon might be part of the Earth, or probably is. Probably was part of the Earth, part of Earth's crust. And 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 with all the stuff that was really delicious going into the middle of the Earth already. So. Already. When yeah. we come back, more of Star Talk, the Cosmic Queries edition. This is Star Talk, the Cosmic Queries edition. Eugene Merman with me in studio. The topic, Eugene? It is UFOs. UFOs, unidentified flying, flying objects. objects. Yeah. Which could be anything. It 
any except a, apparently a steak. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it would be foolish for aliens to come in a steak. Um, so Joseph Devereaux asks. Devereaux. Just like yeah. get into the name. I know. Devereaux. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I didn't want to sound too flirty. Um, assume a UFO was approaching Earth and posing a threat towards the future of mankind. What sort of information would we be able to obtain about this UFO from Earth? And how would we collect this information? Information can be size, shape, density, chemical makeup, general physical properties i think if a ufo comes here and wants to destroy us we we can hide but uh it's not it doesn't bode well that's an interesting sort of sociological question yeah but yet i think the answer is obvious mm-hmm. if they can travel the huge gaps of interstellar space right because clearly we can't because lately what have we been doing just driving around the block yeah right? that's all the space shuttle did and now we don't even do that yeah the, the, their all... aliens are probably watching us from from far away laughing at laughing at laughing at our space program the, uh, la- putting it in quotes in air quotes around our space program and giggling <laughs> wondering when we'll finally rise to the challenge i just picture that an alien doing like air quotes yeah, around space program. Yeah, the humans space program dancing around <laughs> Well, you know that dude who jumped out of the balloon with the uh, no, but it sounds like a bad idea. No, no, the guy with the with the Red Bull. Uh, thing. Oh Remember yeah, that guy? yeah, okay, yeah, who jumped from space in a yeah, yeah. yeah the, he had a mar- helmet. the marketing said he jumped from space, but I yeah. did the math on that. And you get a, like a schoolroom globe and ask yeah. how high was he above a schoolroom globe? It was Ooh. a sixteenth of an inch. So the human definition of space is really lame. And yeah, you're right. Aliens would totally poke fun at this. So once they saw we just driving around the block, and they decided they wanted to destroy humankind mm-hmm. i'm sorry there's no if they if they manage to get there's it, a chance that if they can't well no i guess they they if we they, have infrared they do too the, yes they yeah. do if they gap the depths of space to get here and they're hostile yeah yeah i'm sorry uh, uh, wait that's the end right the end all that's right? probably why we haven't captured aliens right you know how there's all the theories of how there's uh, area 50 and stuff it's very unlikely because if they could get here there's no way they can't land plus if they crashed i'm not interested in those aliens anyway Give aliens me the ones who could, know how to fly <laughs> but the aliens that could get here from far away and then what they can't do is just land <laughs> they just can't land it's like excuse me yeah like what's up with that that's very unlikely so if they're there I, it seems to me the best information we'd be able to glean from it is if we can see it, its shape, uh, what its aerodynamic form is, if it is, if there's any aerodynamics going on in it at all, presumably there is because it's within our atmosphere and moving around. So aerodynamics mm-hmm. matters. But they would surely know this if they came yeah. here to destroy us. And what we could do, they might want to enslave us, but not what, eat us. What we do is get all of our telescopes out and monitor it in the entire breadth of the electromagnetic spectrum. So we think of. Spectrum is just rainbows and, and light. That's just visible light. Yeah, yeah. There's the butterflies. They have 19 senses of light or something. Well, yeah. So, yeah. So, you, so other insects do this. So we're just some narrow portion of a huge range. Yeah. And so there's ultraviolet and X-rays and gamma rays and radio waves. And yeah, yeah. We we exploit each one of these in their alone for different reasons. We have microwave ovens, infrared lamps, radio communication, this sort of thing. All of these things are used to make us sexier. All of these are one continuum of light. Mm -hmm. Some visible, some not. And if it's communicating, we may presume that it's using some form of electromagnetic, of the electromagnetic spectrum. So we'd whip out all of our detectors to see which which of these is it lit up in, because then it'd be trying to communicate. And is it radio waves? 
waves? Is it whatever? Mm -hmm. And so it's probably not using gamma rays because they don't move through the atmosphere efficiently. They get blocked. Radio waves we know moves through air unhindered. That's why you you know you can receive radio transmissions, even microwave transmissions indoors. Right. Right. That's how it's why you. It's why your cell phone can work in places even though you're enclosed without yeah, yeah. a sight line to the tower. So I, what I would do if I were confronting this, and we knew we were all going to die, so we might as well do some fun science experiments on it. Is <laughs> That's just, what you would do. Uh, totally. So you'd, so you'd come out and just measure whether it's emanating in, enter, in any of these bands of light. Beyond that, uh, there's not much else we can measure at a distance. We might check to see if it's emanating neutrinos. That's mm -hmm. a particle, a very elusive yeah, particle. tachyon particles. Something. But from three different eras. Mm, electromagnetic radiation, that's how we glean essentially yeah. all the information. Nearly all the information we have about the universe comes to us somewhere along this electromagnetic spectrum. So we'd be bringing out our primitive detectors to see if they're trying to talk to us or ask us to take us to it's yeah. asking us to take them to our leader. Uh, I like that uh, if the world was going to be destroyed, you would in last moments try to learn one more thing. <laughs> That's what it I is to that. be a scientist. I love it. This is Star Talk Radio, the Cosmic Queries Edition. When we come back, the lightning round. Do you want to set up your child for success? Of course you do. Maybe you want to save money on private tutoring, or maybe it's just out of your budget altogether. Is this a big school year for your child? Like maybe they're starting kindergarten, middle school, or high school, or some other milestone. Maybe your family moved and they're starting at a new school. Is your child ahead? Not getting challenged enough in class? Well, we love that little smarty, but we want them to be engaged. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Kids can use it at home on the computer or on the go through the app on your phone or your tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. And no more trying to figure out how to explain math equations or grammar rules yourself. IXL has built-in explanation videos. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Star Talk Radio listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash Star Talk. Visit IXL.com slash Star Talk to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils, you'll want to invite everyone over, from book club to the fantasy league, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils are infused with two times more natural essential oils versus regular Airwick Scented Oils for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Hmm. Transform your space with scents like white sage and mahogany or lavender and water lily. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. 
With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. We're back on Star Talk, the Cosmic Queries edition. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson here. I'm an astrophysicist, and I'm with... Eugene Merman. Eugene, thank you, Eugene. <laughs> I did remember your name. No, I know. Uh, I, Eugene, this is your first time being part of the, the last segment yeah. of Cosmic Queries, where it's the lightning, lightning round. Because I, I always spend too much luxurious time answering all the other questions. We have a backlog behind, and we got to get, we'll just blow Let's through do it. it. Let's just answer I'm going to go in soundbite mode. Nice. No, sound bit mode. Are you ready? I'm prepared for sound bit mode, and, and I will ask only the briefest follow-up questions. Let us test the bell. We are ready. It okay, works. Eugene, shoot. John Randall asks, is it possible that UFOs are actually time-traveling tourists from the future, from a future Earth? This could explain why so many have witnessed UFO phenomena, yet contact is rarely, if ever, made. Yes. Next. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, it's possible that they're fu- they could travel back in time, that someone from the past, future is coming here to the past. Yeah, I'd, however, if it's- you're traveling through time, generally, if you really were really good at it, you wouldn't need a spaceship because you're traveling through time rather than space. Right. But and if you travel back through time, you have to watch out because if you want to travel to yesterday, yeah, and here in that seat, yeah, Earth was in a different place in its orbit. So you don't want it. You get a lot of people probably fall in the Pacific because it's so big. <laughs> is what you're well, saying? You'll be right. floating in space. Yeah. But yes, you do have to care about where you land in You'd space. You'd materialize in a hallway <laughs> or in the middle of a wall or in the middle of a wall, a cement yeah. pier. Go. What if other civilizations exist in dimensions that we can't perceive with existing technology? Could we be visited by UFOs and not even know it? Yes. Great. Okay. <laughs> that's a good thing about parallel other dimensions. Yeah. It's like a, a flat surface yeah. that's two dimensions. If you put an ant on that surface, yeah. and if you say, okay, you're a prisoner of this sheet of paper, yeah. you could hover over it and look at it and poke it, and it would have it would no, have no You could concept. give it whiskey, and it would be like, I don't even get what's happening. I don't know where it came in, because you're coming at it from a, th- a higher third right. dimension. You come at us at a higher fourth spatial dimension yeah. or a fifth dimension. So there dimension. might be eight dimensional beings watching us right now laughing at this Laughing at we being prisoners of our three-dimensional cubes. Yeah, and a little bit of time. Okay, go. Um, What if others... Oh, that is the one. Okay. I have had a thought for many years now. Is it possible, possible, that what we call UFOs are actually natural creatures who live in the atmosphere, critters with a different evolution in DNA, but Earth creatures nonetheless? Possible? I'm going to say... Highly unlikely. Yeah, I'm even going to go, no. (laughs) I mean, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, we look at how much of the airspace is sliced each day by aviation. There are thousands of planes going back and forth. You'd think we would have run run into them every now and then, or pilots would have a really good view of them where people would have photographed them out the side window uh, we have evid- we have good enough apps Evidence of absence. What if this person doesn't know about birds? How impressed would they be (laughs) if they find out about birds? And they're like, no, Neil, there's birds. That's awesome. Next. What technology would you expect to find on an alien ship? (laughs) What would you expect? Like a thermos? I would love to explore new materials. 
Uh-huh. Maybe they went higher up on the periodic table of elements than we have. Oh, there are really? elements yet to be discovered. Mm-hmm. Every element we've discovered has awesome different properties from every other element. Right. Americium, for example, named after America, very high up there. That's What's it do? That's one of the- imp- one What of the would most, happen if you put it in your soup? You would. Uh, it's radioactive. Die if you deadly. ate it. But a tiny amount goes in smoke detectors, and it's what enables modern smoke detectors. Oh, really? And we would have had no concept of that without the existence of the element. I just, so I'd be, I'd be p- feeling all the stuff on the ship and see if it had some new kind of uh, material properties that we have that our material science engineering has yet to discover right next I just realized, based on what you said, don't eat smoke detectors. They're a little radioactive. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, one other thing. Yeah. If uh, Maybe they're using matter-antimatter drives. Mm-hmm. I want to know how they contain their antimatter. I uh, want to know what piece of luggage they use Do to we have carry access it. to antimatter oh, we, make right it all the, we, we make it all, make it all the, time. the time. You just can't carry it around. Do we put that in soup? <laughs> because what your vessel would annihilate with it. I mean, right. you're, you're, Unless you're, you traveled in an antimatter ship. Right, but ex- then the antimatter meets your atmosphere, and then it annihilates. It's, it's, it's really tough. But we make it all the time. What do we do with all the antimatter we make? It annihilates pretty quickly with matter in its vessel, in, in, in the, the particle place we make it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Next. great. Is it legal to shoot one down? I, I'm assuming a UFO. All right, so there are no laws against shooting an alien from another planet. Mm-hmm. All of our laws are human-to-human right. laws. Uh, there, there's a space law frontier yeah. that is trying to think about the laws of that next frontier. Right. And so there, there are things like if the alien is more intelligent than you, it's a crime. If it's not, if they're not, then they're just food, you know, for you. Oh, I see. Right? But That's- what if they're just dopey? <laughs> but but the, the truth is, most likely, if you shot. Uh, at an alien or an a, a UFO, you'd probably be just shooting at a plane or a cloud or something Probably, else. that's right, like shooting the deer and it's yeah. someone on their front doorstep. So I would say... Don't shoot guns in the sky. Right. Let's just <laughs> say that to our listeners. That's responsible. So I, I would say that the, the, the UFO, if you... Uh, I would say it would be... Uh, if you have the, the opportunity to interact with the UFO, don't shoot at it. Next. Even though we're pretty sure they would have hostile intentions, unless they're super advanced. All right. Uh, so then, oh, one more, real quick. Okay, we've got thirty. Is seconds. there any type of planned response to intercepting any type of alien aircraft, uh, craft, or object that has the outward appearance of manufacture by intelligent life? Uh, no. Is, is there a plan? No. <laughs> No. You've been listening to Star Talk Radio, the Cosmic Queries editions on UFOs. Eugene, thanks for being with me Great once to be again. Here. Star Talk is brought to you in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. As always, I bid you to keep looking up. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu accreditation. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch. 
when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. <laughs>